Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. So you may be asking yourself, does Blake meet all of her guests on Instagram? And the answer is mostly, yeah. But it's served us well so far, hasn't it? Today's guest is no different. Caroline Saunders is a mother, a writer, an advocate of uncoolness, and wife to Luke. She loves serving women through writing and discipleship and believes in taking Jesus seriously, but not much else. In today's episode, she unpacks some serious wisdom about discipleship, the role it should be playing in our lives, as well as really incredibly tangible steps to pursue it. It is such a good, life-giving conversation, and I cannot wait for y'all to listen in. Caroline, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, Blake, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so pumped. So we met on Instagram, which uh, there's a possibility I open every interview that way. (laughs) We met on Instagram. Why are Um, all the best people on Instagram? Yes. So the title of your episode is for when you need discipleship. And so we are here to talk about kind of that importance of that role that disciple and discipler plays in our walk with Christ, which I have to be honest, I was kind of talking to you about this before we started recording. Like, I've always known that this is important, but really following you and listening to you talk about it and be really passionate about equipping people for it has been so challenging and thought provoking for me because it's just not something that I really put a ton of weight on, which is insane because like Jesus disciples like it's like the the next step you know what I mean so I thought to start you could just kind of tell us about how God has cultivated this passion for discipleship in your life and brought you to this place of sharing about it yeah well you know I'm a, a people person and a teacher by nature and so I've really always been eager to influence people towards Jesus and Um, I had the benefit of my husband being a student pastor from, you know, pretty much the second we got married. So I don't know that on my own, I would have necessarily been so ministry minded, but I sort of, you know, somebody hires your husband, it's sort of like they kind of hire you too. Mm -hmm. So I felt such a burden for the girls in our student ministry. And I really wanted to be able to invest in them. And I learned that up close ministry of discipleship is just a lot more effective Mm -hmm. than um, often more effective than a sermon. You know, not that I'm preaching any sermons, but it would be it bears more fruit than if I planned a small group lesson or whatever. So I just started to realize that if I was going to put my focus somewhere in terms of ministry, that that was going to bear more fruit than just about anything else. Yeah, that's amazing that like you and Luke coming together kind of created a passion for you like his vocation was like uh, your response to that was okay I'm gonna step up and do my part like yeah I and and I have really felt I feel just as called to ministry as he does I think but yeah something about his particular job it gave me a clear place to do it I didn't have to figure out 
who in the world am I supposed to minister to? It was just right there. And they were eager, you know, the girls were eager to learn more. And um, so it was a really good place for me to figure out what discipleship looks like. Mm -hmm. And I actually feel like I did it in a a bad way for a long time. I mean, I don't think it's anything that I need to repent of because I was doing the best I felt like I could do, but I've just learned so much. I'm so grateful that I had lots of girls I could kind of quote unquote practice on. Mm -hmm. And then, and and I do think that God like honored those efforts. Um, and, And now I feel a lot clearer on what discipleship should look like. Right. Well, and I mean, we're all like learning and you can't, I mean, how often, I don't know if I've ever picked something up and immediately been like, I'm doing this exactly the way God intended. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. You know, I love that you said that, like, God honored those efforts and he's able to, like, redeem the spots that we don't do it super well yeah. because we're, like, stepping out in faith. Um, That's right. But, like, talking about, like, di- like, discipleship versus small group and that, like, you felt like that was the most effective way to reach people. I've heard mm-hmm. you talk in the past about the difference between Bible study and discipleship. And I want yeah. you to, like, unpack that because when you talked about it, I was like, oh, wait, there totally is a difference. Yeah, I, I do think that's really confusing. And there's some overlap for sure. Um, you know, Bible study is studying the Bible. There can be any number of people. Those people can come and go or they can drop out entirely. But the intention of the meeting is clear. Your intention is to know the Bible better. And then in good Bible studies, we're able to build relationships in the midst of it. And so that that makes for a really, really good Bible study. But I still don't necessarily think that's discipleship. Discipleship takes the ingredients of a good Bible study. So that's education and relationships takes it a step further by prioritizing the relationships and deepening them even further, and then adds a new ingredient, obedience. And so by obedience, I mean that in discipleship, we don't just learn what the Bible says, but we challenge one another in specific ways so that we can shape our lives around what it says. When I go to a Bible study and we are studying James, um, those women are not going to be able to help me wrestle those verses into my actual life the mm-hmm. same way that women that maybe I've been meeting with for a while where, you know, there's less of us in a room and we trust each other. Those women in discipleship, they're going to be able to help me wrestle that down into my life in a way more personal way. And they'll have the right to challenge me mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, the random people who signed for my Bible study, that would be weird right. you know, for them to be like, getting too personal with me. They haven't, we don't have that trust and, and that kind of thing built. So yeah, discipleship is just about as up close as you can get. And I do think it needs to have Bible study in it because Mm -hmm. I discipled for a long time without that. And it, it, it got wonky. It turned into like a spiritual life coach thing Mm -hmm. where the girls would just ask me for advice and I would try to give biblical advice, but I realized I was never equipping them to, wrestle through scripture themselves mm. to see what God would say. So I wasn't, I wasn't equipping them effectively for their lives, you know, now when I look back on it and um, yeah, so I think that's basically the difference. I don't know if that made sense. No, that made complete sense. And it's, it really is so challenging because I think our, <clears throat> our culture, we're, we're Bible study heavy. Yeah. You know, where Bible studies are are a big deal. And I mean, it's not a bad thing at all. Right. Of course not. But I mean, I do think that there is a there's a a space 
that is going like it's like a resource that's going untapped this call to discipleship that's completely like biblical that Jesus walked out that we're not stepping into and I think it's exactly like kind of what you've you've mentioned as we've talked about it just that like we don't really know how yeah which it's all in front of us like it's all like in the word (laughs) but (laughs) we don't like we don't know how so we're not stepping into it I mean I I've been a believer for like over 10 years now and I still feel kind of weird stepping into that space with someone as their mentor or their leader or whatever which is so it's so dumb I mean I know like exactly what you said I may not be the you know best of the best but like God is going to redeem my efforts God is going to fill in the steps but why like so why do you think that we like as women kind of balk at this idea of like stepping up and stepping out into leading other women well First of all, I don't blame you for feeling weird. I just think the risk of awkwardness with stuff like this is so, so high. Mm-hmm. It's so high. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we like awkwardness when we watch The Office and we like, <laughs> you know, we like remembering later about how things were awkward. But generally, we would oh. we desperately try to avoid the awkward. At all costs. Right. At yeah. all costs. At all costs. And I don't know if your church does this, but sometimes our church does the thing where they're like, okay, well, go around and shake hands with nope. a couple people. Say, hey, I know I'm always like, oh my goodness, I can't handle it. I so think, like I, think my kid, I think they're texting me about my kids from the nursery. Yeah, like, oh, I'm, oh, right, I'm so busy. I, I must take this call. Like, uh, yeah. It's in the just, middle of church. <laughs> yes. So if you think about how much that makes us just like cringe, uh, and that's just shaking somebody's hand. Right. I mean, <laughs> So, so it is, it's really hard. Yeah. So I just think that um, most aspects of discipleship are weird at first. It's weird to ask someone to disciple you. You know, what if they say no? Or what if your personalities don't end up driving and you're stuck in it? It's weird to ask someone if you can disciple them, because then what if they say no? Or what if it looks like you think you're a super Christian or something? Right. And And then even once you um, start meeting, it can get weird because you're just trying to build rapport and trust and that can feel uncomfortable. And then even if you've been meeting for a while, it can get weird and awkward because sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts you to say something uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I just think that the awkward and weird piece is present and it's better to just be like, you know what? It's going to be a little weird. It's Mm going to be a little awkward. Call it like it is. (laughs) I'm a part of it. That's right. Instead of, I used to just be like, guys, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be weird. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure it's just going to be weird. Yep. So I, I pray constantly. I mean, this may be one of my most common prayers is that God would make me resilient to awkwardness rather than want to protect myself from it because everything meaningful that God calls us to do is usually outside our comfort zone and feels so weird, so weird. Yes. And sometimes we think that if it feels weird, that it's not of God. And and usually it's the opposite of that. That if it feels weird, you need to stay right there mm. and, and press on. Um, so, yeah, I think women avoid it because awkwardness abounds. And then also that, um, you know, just by nature, discipleship requires a lot of humility because it says, I need you. I can't do this alone. Um, I'm not capable of wrestling scripture into the place of obedience in my life all by myself. Mm-hmm. That's really something we would rather take care of ourselves. You yes. know, we like to learn the Bible with people, but we don't want them telling us how we can obey it better. Like that how, like, I'm not personal. seeing this evident in your life. Ooh, 
Yeah. No, yeah. no. Yeah. No, thank you. We're all like, pass, Hard pass, pass on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's just weird. And everything in culture champions independence mm. and discipleship is the, is the opposite. It says, I can't do this by myself. Um, but I think that it's just so important to remember Jesus's example for discipleship. And then not only that, but when he sent his disciples out, he sent them out two by two. There's this togetherness and this community embedded in almost everything that Jesus does. And so we need to not be so personal with our faith. We really need to invite people into that, Um, even though it's going to be. I mean, pretty awkward. Yeah. Pretty awkward. Well, I feel personally attacked now. So thank you for that. (laughs) I do too. I'm mad at me too. Don't worry. I'm always like, I just want to stop doing weird things and be comfortable every day. Can I please, can I please just like go to a Bible study and keep it surface level and not have people challenge me? That would be so great. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Thank (laughs) you. Like you're, I mean, literally, you know, I think I'm, I feel like I'm in a season right now of God really pulling me back to the word at it its most simple form like rather than like devotionals and which are such great resources but it's really pulling me back to the word and so anytime someone's like this is what the word says about this I'm like oh frick it totally (laughs) does like no I didn't want to know that right like discipleship for sure is so biblical and like two by two and it's what Jesus like championed I'm like ah man all right yeah I guess I'll let people into my junk (laughs) So we've talked about the awkwardness. We've talked about that, like, we just embrace the weird. So let's say that I, as a sister in Christ, want to step into a leadership discipleship role with someone. Um, Other than going about that through my church, which may be an option. It may not be. Like, churches are so different with that kind of stuff. Like, how would you or have you gone about that? Well, I think the first step is really just to open your eyes because usually God will bring someone to your attention. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel that nudge and then the nudging persists, Mm. you can approach somebody and say, you know, hey, I don't know everything, but I know a few things. And if you're up for it, I'd love to start meeting together to study the Bible and share what's going on in our lives. Mm. And then if they say no, it's fine. You won't die. It's, you might you feel like it a little bit, but it'll be you're fine. You're going to feel like you won't we'll <laughs> die, but you won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just know that going in, this is going to stretch your spiritual muscles. Mm-hmm. This is like going to the spiritual gym. Um, but I think even just asking is such an act of faith and that can really, mm-hmm. God can really use that. Um, and then if she says yes, which I feel like most people do. Most people are so honored that you would want to invest in them in that way. Um, And so then I'd start making a plan based on what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in your heart and based on your disciplees' unique needs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can disciple different people differently based on what's happening in their lives. And then I ask her to commit to meeting for a few months. You Mm -hmm. don't have to say like, we're going to meet together forever because discipleship is a lifelong pursuit. (laughs) Now you're chained to me. That's been a thing that's kind of freaked me out because people do say it's a lifelong pursuit. I believe that that doesn't mean you're like chained to someone. It doesn't mean you're like getting married. Right. Um, So I like to sort of set an end date and not like we're going to break up at this time, but at this time we're going to reevaluate, see where we are. And be honest about what's going on in our lives because things shift all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we want to keep going, great. And if we don't, great. We're going to completely trust God with it. So that also kind of like gives you the time to like push through the awkwardness 
you know, like if you're like, let's do this for a couple of months, like let's commit to like, it's going to be awkward the first couple of times, but if we've committed uh. to four five, six months, we may get to that marker and be like, oh, we've kind of like cleared the, right. the cleared the awkward threshold. Like let's That's keep right. going, you know, That's rather right. than like, if you're like, let's just meet and like, see how it goes. You may the first couple of times be like, this is horribly awkward. Right. I don't want to do right. this anymore. Totally. Totally. That's for sure. That's awesome. I think that's like such tangible and I love I love when I love when the steps are simple. I mean, like Oh yeah. Listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting, step out in faith and ask. Yeah. That's like, right. That's it. It's like that's so good. Okay, so let's do like same question but flip-flopped. Like let's say you're in a season of needing that leadership and that structure. To me, like, is this the more terrifying side of it, maybe? It might be. be- well. To me, yes. To me, it is. Because, like, as, like, a naturally prideful human being, this is the, like, one of the mo- more ultimate forms of humility. Being, like. Oh, yes. I am in a season where I need somebody to, like, come join me arm in arm that has gone through what I've gone through and, like, walk it out with me. But that's, I mean, that is. That is just the such the essence of discipleship that somebody's got to step out in faith, right? Yeah. So yes. you're the one that needs like leadership and structure. Is it kind of the same answer? Like just yeah. I mean, keeping your eyes open. Who is following after Jesus in a way that you admire? Mm-hmm. And I would encourage people to not, you know, just set their sights on a shiny stage person. It might mm-hmm. be a shiny stage person. I mean, I think that, yeah, the people who are in the spotlight are, I don't want to diminish their ministry at all, but everyone's looking at them. So keep your eyes open. It might be a neighbor who's well-worn Bible you just really admire Mm -hmm. and you want to know, I wonder why it's so well-worn. I would love for her to spend time with me. I would love to be more like she is when I'm her age. Um, It could be a super consistent kids ministry volunteer. Mm -hmm. And you see like, they are so faithful. I want to be faithful like that. Or it could be your own grandmother or your own mom. Mm. There's actually probably already a lot of people who informally disciple you. And it may be a good fit for one of them to formally disciple you for a season. You know, so if you ask and they say no, you can just trust that God knows what he's doing. God knows what you need. He knows that you need somebody to disciple you. Mm. And he is going to provide that if it's in his will. And so you can just, you know, ask in faith. And if Mm -hmm. they say no, trust that that is not what God had and that he has something better. Right. Absolutely. Ooh, I bet that would be a hard no to get. Yeah, I think so. But I do think that often people say no, it's not because they don't Don't want to. They like feel ill-equipped or... Sure. Or sometimes um, maybe they're already discipling somebody Mm -hmm. and they know that it'll compromise their ability to pour into that person if they invite you into it. But but I think more often than not, people don't say no. No, absolutely. Um, Sometimes they they have to. And I actually feel like um, a person who is very spirit led um, says no. And like that in itself ministers because Mm. then you think, oh, okay, well, just because somebody's approaching me with something that's good and godly doesn't mean that I'm supposed to say yes to that. So even them saying no can minister to you. Right, absolutely. And and disciple you in a way. Absolutely. And just watching them like be a good steward of what they have in front of them. Which kind of brings me to a time question. Okay, so I know that you have just as much on your plate as me or any of us. I mean, you do so many things and you do them super well. And so if I'm being completely 
like unattractively honest part of me (laughs) in discipleship is like when the heck right am I supposed to do this right which I know like it's important so you make you prioritize it but as someone who has a ton on your plate and is like being faithful to step into that help me yeah I think that it really honors God when you consider what he's already put on your plate God's not going to have you shove something off your plate that he's put there on purpose um, to do something else that he's asked you to do. You know, I really think we can trust him with that. So I try to really honestly look at my schedule. And so, for example, um, recently I was training several women at our church who want to disciple people. And I was like, I just don't know how I can take this on. I know I need to do this, but I'm not sure what it looks like. Well, when I really looked at our week, um, my husband works on Wednesday nights. My kids go to bed at seven, Lord willing. And so (laughs) I told the women, I said, I want you to come over to my house at 715. And I built it in. If they couldn't come, then I knew it wasn't a good fit Mm because that was the time that I had to offer. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. It was, I was able to be really consistent with it. And the women were able to be really consistent with it. You know, the ones who committed right from the beginning. And so I think it's just taking an honest look at your, at your day, you know, um, and it can look any any different kinds of ways. So, you know, I encourage women at our church who are discipling people, look at your whole week schedule, see something that you can honestly commit to. It can be crazy. It can be like 5.30 to 7.30 in the morning because mm-hmm. that's the time that you have. And it doesn't even have to be two hours. I don't know why I said that. It could be whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, just pick a time that you know you can commit to. And then because God is sovereign over people's times and schedules, the person that you're supposed to disciple is going to be able to do it. It's going to be able to be at least for a season. So I just really, um, you know, I used to disciple people based on what was convenient for them. Mm -hmm. And then I burn out and Mm -hmm. I was really overwhelmed. And so I learned to stop doing that because it was dishonoring what God had already asked me to do with my kids, with my husband and with other things. So, so I just say unapologetically, this is what I have to offer. And if they can make it work, great. And if they can't make it work, then that means something. It might mean that it's just not that right now it's not the right time. Right. And I think, I mean, there is still like an element of sacrifice that's necessary. You know, I mean, that Wednesday night, like you could use that to just like veg out. You know what I mean? Like your husband's not home. Your kids are in bed. So I think that like God is going to call us to sacrifice and to, you know, maybe give up something that isn't a necessity but I also agree that like I he's like he doesn't want discipleship to be a means of burnout that's right yeah I think it's it's the difference between what yeah what's sacrificial for you versus what dishonors what he's asked you to do what 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 is not living in uh mindfulness of of your needs Mm -hmm. you know I know that I need to be these things for my kids I know I need to have this kind of rest I know I need to have that stuff and um yeah. So, so I think that's wisdom there is, is God, where are you asking me to sacrifice? And you're probably not asking me to sacrifice, um, my kids, my marriage. <laughs> right. <laughs> for for the sake of discipleship, I'm going to let you know? all of this hey, fall away. Though, I know, you know. I know. And I mean, not to like, I mean, I, you know, my go-to is sarcasm, but <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, I've, I went like I am capable of sacrificing some of those things that are are super important for things way less redemptive and biblical than yeah, discipleship. So why wouldn't I? You know, why wouldn't I stretch myself as thin as possible to fit this thing in that is so good 
you know, and that's, I mean, that's kind of a conversation I feel like I'm continually having is just good versus necessary and good versus what God's called me to, you know, there are a lot of things. Not to bring up the gym again, because I literally hate the gym. So I don't know why this is my second time bringing it up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But you know how you don't want to go. I mean, I never want to go. I hate it. But when you leave, you're always like, man, that was like a really good use of time. Yes. And discipleship is that same type of like spiritual exercise that beforehand you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, it'd be so much better if I could just watch my bed. Right. Yeah. Like, I just want to chill. But afterwards, I'm always actually getting to the point where I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. you know I would do that yeah. on Wednesday night Wednesday nights like after they left all the women were like tired and I was like that was awesome yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it always energizes me so much because it's just something about like doing something um that might feel a little awkward and pushing through it and seeing the fruit of it it is so thrilling so it's it's definitely worth it, but yeah, you're going to feel the sacrifice. Right. And I think in a healthy way. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. A hundred percent. Okay. So to close us out, I want to talk about Simple Discipleship, which is okay. your incredible resource that you have created for people, for women to step into intentional discipleship with other women. So I want you to like tell us about what it is, who it's for, where to find it, all of that good sure. stuff. Sure. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about it. So it's a program that I created for women to disciple other women. And I also have a version that's designed for women to disciple girls ages 9 to 13. Mm. So it's really all based on my personal approach to discipleship, which is what I created for myself when I realized that I've been discipling all wrong. Mm. I really wanted to equip these girls not to know how to ask me for advice, but how to search the word and know how to flesh their lives. And so... Um, I sort of began keeping Bible study at the center of our discipleship time, but I wanted it to be deeper than, you know, what did you get out of the chapters Mm -hmm. that we read today? Um, I wanted them to be able to interpret and apply the text without relying on somebody else. And then my concern was that, um, I didn't want it to be too complicated because I wanted those people that I discipled to be able to disciple other people in a meaningful way that didn't require extensive training or Mm -hmm. anything. So simple discipleship is my attempt to create a straightforward, manageable approach to rich discipleship. discipleship. So I'm really trying to do those two things, like offer the best um, that scripture and accountability has to offer without um, weighing it down with too many details, because Mm -hmm. that's the thing that keeps me from doing it is if I feel like I need two years of training and do this, 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 and this, then I start to just feel like I'm ill-equipped, but, you know, Jesus didn't say go to two years of training and then make disciples. He said go and make disciples. So um, based on what I know in the word, this is a really simple way to go and make disciples. That's amazing. I love that. God didn't say, God didn't say go to seminary and then make (laughs) disciples. Right. (laughs) He just said, go do it. That's Just go, y'all. Just go. Just go. That's such a mic drop. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, So like where... Where can people find it? We're going to link to oh, it in yeah. your show notes, but explain like explain how it works. Like, is it a downloadable? Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a digital download and it will provide you with six weeks of straightforward content. And then it, re- it then it challenges you to create the content beyond that. Okay. So I give you six weeks of stuff and equip you to create the content beyond that because I don't want you dependent on any program, not even mine. Um, 
and you can get it at writercaroline.com slash shop. Okay. And you'll see the, the regular program that I recommend for ages 14 and up. And then you'll see the, um, one for ages nine through 13 and, um, yeah, it's a digital download. And then you have access to this password protected site that has all these resources. Oh, and wow. yeah, I'm hoping that it, um, the six weeks, I sort of think of them as training wheels. Mm-hmm. And then after the six weeks, I take the training wheels off and I want you to ride the discipleship bike. So that's, that's kind of how I've set it up. Oh my gosh. That's freaking incredible. I love that. And I definitely, like, I feel, I mean, I feel like I walk away from literally every single interview just so gut-checked and challenged. Um, But I love that this, and my hope is, honestly, like, the heart of the podcast is that other people, like, that the people that are listening walk away feeling challenged, but given tangible steps. And this is, you know, so we're we're asking people with this interview to step into discipleship, whether it's in the disciple or the disciple E role. And then we're giving you, we, Caroline is giving you the, the, the like tangible product to do so. So if you're feeling led by the spirit to step into like a discipling role as somebody like go look at this go look at this product go look at simple discipleship and i think the same for if you're feeling called to be discipled if you go yeah. to somebody and they're like yes i'm down for that but i don't be like wait i have a resource that i would love to like walk through with you like i think both ends can bring that to the table and that makes it so cool oh yeah thanks i appreciate that yeah i i am going to like start i personally am going to start like praying about what like God has for this in my life. And, um, I'm sure that simple discipleship will be a part of that, which is really exciting. Um, okay. So rapid fire questions for the end of the interview. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your, I can't, I, first of all, I'm just super impressed that I just made it through an entire interview without talking about the Enneagram. Like, <laughs> can we like play like celebratory music right now? Because that is a huge deal. But what's your Enneagram number? I'm a nine. Are you? Yeah. Usually people think I'm a seven because I tend to be kind of hyper and uh, joke a lot. But I realized I wanted to be a seven. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I think we all probably want to be a seven. Yep. I wanted yep, to be yep, a seven. Yep. And then I started looking into it and I was like, oh my goodness, no. The times when I'm the most like manic joke telling is when there's conflict and yes. I'm so stressed out and I need everyone to be fine. Yes. So I start just throwing jokes around like crazy <laughs> and uh, hoping they land. I'm like, please, everyone be fine. I always picture myself as this like crying clown on a unicycle who's juggling. I'm like, please, everybody, let's get along, please. <laughs> so that's me. I'm dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> First of all, that's so true. Everybody wants to be a seven. Like, yeah. I'm an eight wing seven, and sometimes oh, I'm like, great. I'm like, lean into that seven wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But, and that's interesting that your response to conflict is humor because most nines, it's like, I just need to lay down. Uh, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Well, I have a theory that you can't be in a bad mood and do a cartwheel at the same time. Oh. But I actually think, I mean, I'm not scientific, but I feel like it's some science. Yes. Uh, but I don't. Sometimes you're in such a bad mood, you can't even do that. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, like, I'm not going to cartwheel right now. Screw so that, I do think that. <laughs> That's right. No. No. Um, but, you know, I do think a sonic drink Ooh. is my love language. And um, 
also just like really yummy fiction. Ugh, I just like nothing is better than just some good fiction. And right now I'm reading through this very, it's probably dumb, but I don't care. Um, series of murder mysteries that are not scary. They're just silly. Kind yeah. of, and they're all dessert themed. Shut it <laughs> so, down. Wait, so, what is it? I saw it at the library. It's called the chocolate chip cookie murder. And I was like, obviously I'm getting that. And then there's a whole series. There's the cream puff murder, the double fudge brownie murder. It's amazing. So oh I'm loving gosh. it. That's so seven yeah. of you, though. Like, I feel like I'm just not 100% in on you being a nine. I mean, oh, it's well, fine. It's your Enneagram it. type. But, God, that's amazing. Um, okay, what's the last thing you watched on TV? Uh, a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up. Yes. Like a new or I an old? It. I think it's a new one. Yeah, I think – I can't remember the name of it. But I just love him. I love his brain. He thinks oh, differently gosh. than everyone else in the world. I, Is I it love it. the Jerry before Seinfeld? Yes. Yes. That's it. So good. That's it. So I good. I love him. So I am a like, it's a problem how much I love Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Seinfeld helped raise me like the TV show. <laughs> so I emulate Elaine t- because I mean, Jerry is a one, like a hard yeah. one. <laughs> and he's a one and Elaine's an eight. It's yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk to us about discipleship. This was so fun. It's so Um, fun. Tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, all of that kind of stuff to close us out. Sure. Well, I'm primarily on Instagram, I feel like. So, my Instagram handle is writercaroline. Mm -hmm. And then my website's the same thing, writercaroline.com. So, I would love to interact with anyone on either of those platforms. Yeah. And again, we'll link all of that stuff in your show notes, which is at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. Have a great day. This was so fun. It was so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.